Welcome to RCS. As always, I'm Nicholas. And I'm Dan. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. No. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my kitchen. We are literally sitting in Dan's kitchen um, because of COVID. <laughs> um, Drivers Club uh, is, is following all the rules, and so the, the, the clubhouse is, is closed right now, so we are sitting here. Yeah. So we miss our friends at Drivers Club, and we'll be looking forward to getting back there as soon as we can, uh, legally. We don't want to cause any trouble for them, and they don't want any trouble from the state, so we don't blame them at all. And as soon as we get a sponsorship from Patagonia, we'll be back on the dock. Yeah. (laughs) If it doesn't float away. Uh, Yeah, yeah. we are still brought to you by Haggerty, Avance, Carter Subaru, Rainier Beer, and America's Automotive Trust. So how was your weekend, Nick? (laughs) Um, it's... I'm a little frustrated. In fact, I want to kind of put this out to the world, and and I want to first of all, kind of prerequisite in the fact that I don't know if I've talked about it. I've ha- I'm having troubles with my Subaru. Yeah. Um, uh, and as you know, Carter Subaru is a sponsor of ours, and they have gone in and out of their way. I think we're actually dealing with Subaru corporate. You know, when you when you have a car that's under warranty and, and, mm-hmm. and a dealership fixes it, they basically have to have permission to fix it from Subaru, basically saying, you know, we'll, we'll give you the check. And these the service department's gone out of their way, but I've got a, I mean, it almost sounds like when I'm driving and it's sporadic that, that the ABS is coming on and it's kind of grinding. And it's not, though. I mean, you it's felt not the, it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's the, not ABS. the ABS. Um, and, and the car's now been in at Carter three times. And the first time they couldn't figure it out, we had some other things we were working on. Second time, they thought they figured it out with the, the brake disc, um, the, the dust disc behind it was rubbing, they thought. And then this last time they resurfaced the calipers rotors. and it's yeah. rotors. Sorry. So I don't, I don't know. Like I said, they've been really great about it, but it's, uh, it's frustrating me now because it's like one, you know, as what we do, <laughs> yeah. you and I, you, and I'm, I'm going to start that before it ever, ever went into the dealership. Dan and I had it up in the garage. We tried to figure out what it was. We couldn't replicate it when we were in the garage. Dan has felt it. It really happens when we're off road and it's dirty. And I thought initially maybe like a rock was in the caliper and maybe I was on right. the backside and we, we just nothing. So unfortunately it looks like it's going to be going back. Um, yeah. It's ro- it's a rotational noise too. Yes. That's important to point out. It's not a suspension clunk or anything like that. So we're thinking maybe wheel bearing axle, Diff, but it doesn't sound like it's coming from the center. It sounds like it's coming from the, le- the driver's side front. Yeah. So you can actually you can hear it and you can feel it. And it's weird. We, we've checked the axle boots; they're sealed. There's no there's no yeah, sign, looked, sign yeah. of leakage. There's nothing. So I don't. I mean, I'm starting to think it might be the bearings inside the the yeah wheel maybe there. a wheel bearing. So um, I got I'm gonna you know it is what it is. But it's one of those things like it's I, snow I, season. I, I, it's snow <laughs> season. Yeah, and I want <laughs> really want to go up there and beat the crap out of it, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's frustrating, but uh, they're they're working with me really well. Um, like they work with everybody, but it's uh, yeah. it's just it's just tough. I'm I'm frustrated, and and I was on this point, and I wanted to vent a little bit. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. talked to Dan about this. I think, and we, and you can give your own opinion on this, that if you have a car, so like my Subaru is a base model. I think when you go in, they should give you a base model as the. <laughs> As the loaner, okay? Now, I understand that the whole point of giving you a loaner is to upsell you. But they gave me, like, a pretty base model Crosstrek, but it had eyesight. It had a sunroof. It was an, um, an automatic. And it had, like, lane, lane departure and all that. And I get back in my car driving home, which has none of that. <laughs> and, I'm, and I've been driving this one for close to 400 miles because they were working on my car. And, I mean, I, I'm, I'm swerving out of lanes because the car's not. And let me get this. Great. 
Subaru iSight is awesome. Like, yeah, it, it is. It, it works really it, it well. It will drive for you. I mean, you're supposed to keep your hands on the wheel, but it will literally drive for you. And I get in my car, which, like I said, has none of that. <laughs> I about killed myself going home because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just turn that on. I'm like, I don't have that. And then I'm starting to go out of the lanes. Well, I don't have the lane departures in my mirrors. <laughs> so that was not, I was just laughing. Hi, about people that. next to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they called me about the service and they're like, did you enjoy the loaner? I'm like, yes, I loved it. <laughs> I was like, I just realized how much of stuff I don't have in my car. <laughs> so so yeah. their plan is working. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. When I had my car into Porsche, I got like a different SUV every time. I'm like, Macan? Can I? Oh, like, yeah. You've got some nice ones. That one, yeah. that, what, what was the one with the red interior? That was the brand new Cayenne. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, was that was comfortable cool. too. Really yeah. comfortable. Terrible yeah. dash. Loved the rest yeah. of it though. But I get, I get it. They they want you to do that because oh, they I want know. you to. I mean, but <laughs> like you already have a sports car. Would you like an SUV? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm online no. being like, can this retrofit? Like, could Dan and I go to a junkyard and find these parts? <laughs> <laughs> they never work right. So, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, we did. We did some more off roading. We've been doing that almost every weekend. This I will say this Sunday was fun. That we, was we really fun. We went some places we we've actually never been before. Yeah, so um, there there was a, a road I'd found that I had been wanting to take for a long time, and a lot of you, if you've gone over Snoqualmie Pass, have seen it a hundred times. And it's the road up the Hayek exit, so just past Snoqualmie, um, not not the town of Snoqualmie, but the, the ski resort. We had that conversation too. Yeah. You're like, like, we're going past the town of Snoqualmie. I'm like, there's a town of Snoqualmie? No. There is, but <laughs> yeah. it's way yeah. farther uh, west. And yes. so this is the, at the, just past the ski resort is Hayek, the Hayek exit. And there's a road that turns out goes to the top of the ski slopes, <laughs> which would have been right. interesting if we'd kept going. And Davis certainly could have. And I think if we aired down, we could have gone a lot farther. We aired down to, take that back. We did air down, but we aired down to like 18. We weren't looking to go totally far and we had it was just an, like an exploratory day not a we had a mission day we had uh one guy with us with a half ton dodge bone stock uh which did way better than i thought we did get stuck but did much better than expected no, it, was just, it was the street tires yeah just street tire problems good tires are important yes yeah <laughs> yep and so yeah we went way up there uh again rescued another vehicle on our way back with his his girlfriend looked very excited to see us <laughs> their relationship may be in jeopardy <laughs> you know we're gonna give a little relationship advice right now if you're gonna take your truck up into the mountains with your girlfriend it's not a masculinity thing when other people help you okay you don't have to be like i don't i don't we we find these people it's like you shouldn't <laughs> every be here. time every time and then and then you ask us for help and we're giving you help and then you're trying to tell us what you're going to do and the woman in the car is just getting angry because she wants to go home because in this case i don't think she wanted to be there in the first place yeah and he clearly didn't know what he was doing no and he wouldn't even <laughs> i mean and this is what he's feeling he keeps jumping jumping in and out of the truck as we're trying to help him and he's not even putting his shoes on i'm like just just get in the truck and stay in the truck no. yeah we'll tell you yeah. where to point we'll tell you where to go like you're the one in the stock height chevy with just I mean, Bald Street tires. Yes, I mean, yeah, we, we are actually going to get in. That's going to be the 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 the, the episode. M- today. Point of this episode, we're going to talk about actually a post we put out earlier this week about prepping. But really, making sure that your vehicle is prepared and 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 when if you start getting into something, stop. Yeah. In fact, I back I, up. Speaking of that, I went to Leavenworth this weekend. I was trying to get up at Icicle Gorge, and I mean, I, I was fully capable of doing it, but I just didn't feel safe. Like I had all my recovery gear, but. I didn't feel safe going that deep in without somebody there because just in case something happens. Yeah, we yeah, do take so. our own advice and we don't go off-roading alone. Yeah. <laughs> because so. we've gone off-roading alone and been stuck for a long time. Yep. <laughs> so we have learned the hard way. I don't want to sleep in the back of my forerunner for the night with a guy I was hunting with. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it was, uh, these tra- like I said, you, I didn't even know these trails exist. I knew they existed because I knew, I've seen people that had taken some other trails that go down actually onto the lake, which, by the way, is its own don't do that either because it's really soft down there. Yeah. Lots of people get stuck there too. Lots of people get stuck there. 
But that, and then we explored another road that you, you all, everybody knows as far as as you're driving, if you're driving west on I-90 and you're almost at the top and there's all these little cabins that are up behind this, this animal fence. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So yeah. if you're coming westbound on I-90 from the other side of the mountains, Cleel and Bellinsburg, whatever, on your right-hand side, you'll see all these little uh, cabins. In the winter, you'll see snowmobiles running up and down this road because they close it for snowmobile traffic only. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, we took this this back road that goes right up there. There's a little lake. I can't remember the name of it. Um, turns out Davis had been up there with, with this before, and he had the Land Cruiser. Davis was camping up there. Yeah. Which, I can't believe he took your Land Cruiser up there. I know, That's right? Just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he showed us the pictures uh, from the last time. They went up there and camped, and then it snowed while they were sleeping, Big and then time. all that weight, like, like, not a little bit, like a couple inches, like a foot dropped. Like, massive snowstorm happened while they were camping, and it, like, covered the road in trees. Well, at the time, when they went up there, there was no concern. But on the way back, all those trees, a bunch of them had fallen across the road. And he didn't have a saw or a, uh, what do you say, he didn't have a saw or an axe that time. And the person he was with had a brand new Toyota uh, 4Runner, like, TRD. Right, yeah. yeah. And new so, paint. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Davis did have a giant steel bumper and skid plates yep. and an unstoppable Land Cruiser, so he just drove right through the trees, and it worked yeah. because Land Cruiser. can't believe he's scratching up your Land Cruiser. I know, right? <laughs> no, it was a lot it was of a fun. a terrible lease. I know. <laughs> That's, you should have structured it that way. Like, I'm leasing this to you. I'll want it back. Go ahead and make adjustments to it. But I keep saying that because, again, he was the only one who didn't get stuck again. <laughs> It's funny because when we're up there, we see like we ran into another what an eighty series Land eighty Cruiser series Land Cruiser. There, just I I don't know what magic Toyota put into Land Cruisers, but it works mm-hmm. because no, I mean that's why they're so popular around the world, right? It, it yeah. makes sense because so. my twenty one year old Cruiser went everywhere. Yeah, still does mine, mine, <laughs> mine, 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 Davis, mine, mine, Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we we were into some serious serious snow though. But at the end of the trip when we had stopped, I actually didn't get stopped at the end or didn't get stuck at the end. I got stuck on the way up just a little bit, uh, but we were plowing with the bumper it was all the way up to the front bumper of the raptor and over the top even and we we're like well i think we're gonna stop here because we're no longer on top of the snow we're just creating a trail it was fun though i want to i, was I, I definitely it's something i want to explore more obviously when there's less snow but it'll be fun yeah, yeah. uh it, it, it is funny though that road it, it does lead to the top of the ski yeah. slopes <laughs> i was looking at that i'm like this gonna I, and i'm wondering if it if maybe farther up for the road it, it, it goes into a single trail but yeah but still, I mean, it'd be... We'll find we're out. We're going to find out. And like, we're going to find out like, late spring, early <laughs> summer. You'll know if you see us in the paper that, you know, RCS is arrested for driving down the ski slopes. But yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so we're titling this episode. I already have the title picked out. I'm pretty oh, excited. Oh, do you? Yeah. This is, look at you. Oh, we, we told you about it. This is the... We're, oh, we're going to do the video to match, yeah, okay. I think. But uh, this is the Rain City Supercars or RCS episode uh, off-roading for people who don't off-road good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we are yeah. going to cover yeah, yeah. Yeah. the very, very basics because uh, this is not a stupid question. Um, and this whole episode is basically our Carter Subaru tip of the week. I'm not going to give it a section because we're going to go over everything, the bare essentials we believe you need in your car to even go off-roading in the winter at all. And it's because not- we have to say this, we don't have any affiliation with these things. These yes. are things that we have tested. We like and we understand <laughs> that we are going to say things that you are going to disagree with, be it the tires or our inflation or our whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, our traction this is boards what works for us. or whatever. I this mean, is what not... we, yeah, this is what we have. This is what works. We know there are downsides to some of these things. I'm going to talk through those uh, as we go along. I will tell you that, yes, I know I'm aware of some downsides to these. These are just tend to be universally known as all around good things to have with you. And what you should, the bare minimum you should have to go, especially in the snow. 
Bare necessities. The bare necessities. The very bare necessities. So you can off-road at ease. <laughs> uh, Forget about your worry and your strife. It, 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 it isn't. <laughs> Disney's going to sue us. It's in my head. Like, <laughs> I want to sing it so bad. Like, <laughs> I, like I can hear Baloo. It's, this is stuff, and, and, and we know that, okay, let me, let me put this too. This is off-road accessories that we think you need to have for the Pacific Northwest. Right. This wouldn't be, some this wouldn't this be applicable stuff, in Arizona. Some of this stuff you wouldn't need in Arizona. Yeah. Some of this stuff you wouldn't need in the, in the you know, driving through a cornfield. I mean, so <laughs> it, it's just here. And, and, and a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about too is also a lot of stuff we use in the winter. And, yeah. and our off-road kits kind of change during the summer. It's a lot of this stuff stays, not much comes on. I think if, if, in the summer, things just, there are certain things we don't take with us in the summer. So, yeah, I think yeah, for the, most of the stuff, couple of things. Yeah, just a yeah. few things that I don't worry about in the yeah. summer, but there's still like almost everything on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's start at the top. Um, this is the most absolutely essential thing you need to have is get rid of your damn street tires. <laughs> it's, and, and this is, this will start up a debate off in the first thing. You know, a lot of us, Dan and I included, use the BFG KO2s. The, the, yeah, you know, they're stock on the Raptor. I had them on the Land Cruiser. We've got them on the, the Crosstrek. Yep. We do not think they're the greatest tire in the world that everybody should have. We yep. think they're a really good tire with a proven track record. Yeah. There's the Wild Peaks are really good. The Duratracks do really well in the snow or, and in the ice, but they are a softer compound. They chunk more on heavy vehicles. Everything's got its trade-offs. And there's guys that hate KO2s, but they're a really, they're a best-selling tire and one of the highest-rated tires on the market for a reason. They're reliable. They're the, the gold reliable, and they come in a heavy load rating. If you've got a really heavy truck, uh, like the old Land Cruiser or an F two fifty or something like that, if you've got something big and heavy, the KO two holds up really well, and they're a good tire. We have tested them. I mean, I will say downfall definitely ice, like yeah, ice black ice roads and things like that. In fact, going over to Leavenworth this this weekend was a little bit sketchy. But once you get off road and you get in dirt, like dry dirt, wet dirt, and snow. It's, they've been they've done really well. Yeah, and they're not a mud terrain. We yep. know that. Um, and so if you're if you're a mudder, these aren't your tires. But if you're just brand new to off road and you want a good tire for most stuff, these have been a really good one for us. They're not studdable like the Duratrax or I think the Cooper ATs. I think there's a few, there's a there's a bunch of other ones that are studdable. So if you do a lot of ice stuff or you're farther north even than us, and you that's just you know anybody in Canada, I would imagine you probably want to go for a studdable tire. Uh, so. Don't yeah. sipe your tires. Yeah, don't sipe your tires. Yeah. Bad idea. But yeah, these these even though these do have a three peak rating, so these are considered a snow tire. Uh, they are not a studdable snow tire, and they're not that great in ice. And yeah. we've definitely had a few slides with ours, but uh, airing them down to ten psi, man, they'll take me almost anywhere. Nothing is going to do everything. Yeah. So yeah. But no matter what, get some good off road tires, and you know, do some research online. But those are the ones that we're running. We don't think they're the greatest thing in the world, but they've been good for us. Yep. Uh, next on the list. Speaking of tires, mm-hmm. the valve cores. Now, this is interesting because this is something where you and I differ. Because, And it's something that you had initially introduced to me that I've never done. I don't carry valve stem cores because I don't take my valve stem cores out. out. Yeah. But that being said, there are a lot of people that do. And especially one of the one of the main tools which we will talk about, I think it's on here, is the, is. Uh, the ARB uh, valve stem puller. Yeah, actually, I didn't have it on this list because I moved to the Morphlate, but yeah. I agree with you, actually. If you have that, and, and you had that. I, I still do. Yeah, yeah I still carry with me. We do. Um, you know, it's good to have extra ones because if you pull out a valve stem, and, and the thing about these, the valve stem pullers, like from an ARB, they pull it and it keeps it in there. There's no, there's not a real way to, I don't think you can really take that yeah, off. Yeah, if you don't get it threaded quite right, or if you're. Can if, you still lose them? Do that? I've seen guys lose them on the trail. So they're so cheap. Like this, this slime kit. I mean, you can get any kit you want. I have like a pack of a hundred that I got for $4. Yeah. The slime kit has a little tool that's with it. And it's like five bucks. 
And it's, I think it's even less. I think it's like $3. I remember that tool in high school. You'd be, go take some of these valve stems <laughs> yeah. out, deflate their tires, and put them yeah. back in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so these aren't replacement valve stems. These are the cores inside the stems. And because, as we mentioned earlier, airing down in snow or even in mud or anything is pretty much essential for off-roading. It's like step one, air down, no matter what. And so the chance that you, you know, you lose a valve core is pretty slim. But if you do and you don't have one, you're going to be really mad that you were stuck on the trailer, had to change a tire because you didn't have a 25 cent part in your bag. Yep. And so this is just dirt cheap insurance. You can get these at any hardware store, any automotive store. Yeah, actually, even hardware stores have them too. Yep. Um, so you can get these things anywhere. Just I throw them in there and forget them. I've never had to use one. I actually have had to give one out a long time ago. Um, but that's it. They're hard to clean up. I took them up in the bag one time, and I accidentally dropped the bag, and it, they all oh. out, so most of them were got back in the bag. So yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, soft shackles. These have been a game changer for me. I will. I mean, so first of all, everybody thinks when they think of shackles, they think of the D rings. Yep. Which is which we have on the list, but yep. this is something I don't. Are these new? Because like. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't make a big thing off road until synthetic ropes became the standard. So, like winches with synthetic ropes are the new standard now. Because if you you can't, if you snap a cable, it goes flying and breaks a window. If you're lucky, if you're not lucky, it hits somebody and hurts them, maims them significantly. But mm-hmm. they go to these uh these ropes now, and they're massive tensile strength. The winch ropes are like thirty thousand pounds, and they're synthetic rope. And when they break, they just fall. So super good to have. The shackles are like three times the thickness of those. And you can literally use them on uh, toe straps or kinetic ropes or anything like that. They're so flexible. You can get them in places that you really couldn't get a D-ring that you yep. needed to. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, they come in, the real advantage shows when you don't have a good recovery point. And so uh, worth pointing out, vehicles like the Raptor or Chevy's or there's a bunch of other trucks on the market have a closed ring system. And so they don't have a hook. Uh, Jeeps actually have a hook on the bumper uh, that you can just kind of loop anything onto. So if you have a tow rope, you just kind of loop it on there and you're good to go. The Fords don't. You have to you have to actually have to have a shackle to attach it. And you can use a D-ring, but then you're metal on metal and you're chipping the paint off that thing. Whereas a soft uh, soft shackle, you can just wrap it around it. Super quick, super easy. I always once I once we get going, I usually just throw them in the back of the truck until we're done off-roading, and then put them back inside unless it's raining really hard. But also, if you get into the situation where you have to pull somebody from a really awkward angle from a car that doesn't have a good recovery point. So if you come across, a, I've used them more for this than anything else, I think, is when you have, you've come across somebody on the trail who, has a, who is not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so I have to grab an, uh, like a bumper with an eye hook, has a really small entry point, and that D-ring can be really hard on it. Um, or you have to pull from a lower control arm or a subframe or something where you don't can't really get a D ring into. Well, also with a D ring, you have that pin that screws in, and you have to have the you have to be able to get the D ring on there, and then you have to have the the, the clearance to be able to screw that yep. in there. So yeah. yeah, so these are they're relatively cheap. I mean, you can get some good made in the USA ones on Amazon for fifty bucks. Uh, Mule's got them in stock most of the time. Although I found recovery gear is getting harder and harder to find because everybody's going off road yes. right now because they can do it without. The amount of people COVID. we pull off the, the side of the road, there should be more people out there. Yeah. yeah, but these have been one of my favorite things. I carry three of them with me. Um, in the, I, I got a really heavy, thick, heavy one from Mule a long time ago. A big orange one. I think it's a uh, Bigfoot. I think is who the manufacturer is. But uh, that thing is like really heavy. And then I have some smaller ones for lighter poles uh, that I got from Amazon and. Yeah, every there's so it's funny. People get really up in arms about recovery gear. They're like, if it's not made in USA by Master Pull and you didn't spend a hundred bucks a shackle, you're gonna die. I don't think there's anything <laughs> like, wrong with buying local or no, buying no, no, it. But and and again, this goes back to what we started with. If something works for you, 
Like yeah. the idea of a soft shackle is what you need. You don't have to buy the ones that we use. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. exactly. There's some good. There's. I plenty mean, you're of good wrong if you don't. But yeah, no. And but also get what you can afford. I mean, I remember the days when I could barely save up enough money to get at the truck out to go off roading, let alone get recovery gear. So yeah, I still have some of my oldest, cheapest recovery gear because it just hasn't broke. And you t- if you take care of it, it'll yeah, take, take care of you. It's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. The next one. Really good one. We had fun with this one this weekend. The kinetic recovery strap or kinetic rope or the truck bungee or. And I think that's the best way to define it. Define it is it's basically it's a bungee cord. Yeah, it's a 40,000 pound bungee cord. So do not jump off a bridge with one. No, that would really hurt. But uh, when you have a truck stuck in snow, like we had one buried up to the rails, the Mm -hmm. Dodge this weekend. And and the idea you don't floor it when you get this thing, you just like kind of start going like you're driving away. And it adds this one I have. Actually, they calculated it. It adds 16 miles an hour of pull from the second it tensions. And it's not a jerking 16 miles an hour. Like, you're not getting hit at 16 miles an hour. You're just, like, literally a bungee cord pull. So all that energy pulls and just, you know, just elastic, just boink, mm-hmm. pops it out. <laughs> Makes it really easy to get a, a vehicle that's really stuck out really quick without a lot of effort and not a, that massive jerking on the vehicle. It's way easier on both trucks. And it's way easier to do. Like, you're not going to go, you know, break the front bumper off, which I have seen. That's kind of fun, entertaining, but pretty terrible. A lot of good videos of that. A lot of good videos yeah. of that. Not a recovery point. Yeah. So. Uh, the next one, um, and this is something that's popular, is, is an air compressor. Now, uh, then again, and, and this this is an expensive buy. Yep. No matter what. You can get some cheap ones off of Amazon, and they will work for a while. Uh, they tend to overheat no matter what they are, and it takes forever. Um, we go with ARB. It's either yeah. the twin scroll, which ha- uh, you can, th- and everybody knows the twin scroll because you can either mount it under your hood or it comes in the box with a, with a recovery tank. Or the one I have is a single scroll, doesn't have the tank, and they w- really work really. They're basically a suitcase, um, yep. and it's nice. And um, if you know, if you're buying a vehicle for off-roading and you know it's going to be your vehicle for off-roading for a long time, there's nothing wrong with mounting this under the hood yeah. and running lines and things like this. I bought mine in my suitcase because I knew that I would be going from vehicle to vehicle, which is actually worked out really well to be able to go from vehicle to vehicle with I, I was I meant for vehicle to vehicle with myself but I've been taking to other people's vehicles to help them inflate yeah and so I actually looked this up a little bit more so ARB has the twin and the single the single is supposed to be and we know it'll do more for the record we know it'll do more we've proven it'll do more it's supposed to be rated for tires up to 33 inches and the twin scroll is 33 inches and up um with the tank and the reason is, is the single gets so hot. Now, we'll talk about this a little more later. We talked about it in the last episode. If you have a Morflate system, which makes it way easier, it's way less load on the pump. Now, that's another 170 to 200 bucks plus the gauge. So that's another expensive investment. But if you don't want to spend the $400 for the ARB single scroll or I think the $900 for the dual with the tank, you can get um, the really popular one out there is the Vier 400P, which I've seen a lot. And that one's about 200 bucks, which will still do 35-inch tires, no problem. Just takes a little longer. And well, then the Smitty Belt one. And the two we're talking about with ARB are the single scroll and the double scroll come in a suitcase. But ARB makes about six or seven different air compressors that you can get. Like, there's there's different versions of the, the dual scroll. Well, most of them are 12 volt, 24 volt, and then yeah. which accessories they come with, but yeah. they're really the same unit overall, different wiring. But I'm saying those are the two main units that come in suitcases. In suitcases, yeah. yeah. Suitcase ones, yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. now that we've had yours in the suitcase, yeah. and I did go to the trouble to hard mount, not in, not really install, but I was when I had the cruiser, I was I had the twin scroll in there. We'll, we'll fully install it when we get the cruiser back. It's fine. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks, Davis. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually going with the suitcase on the Raptor because it's just so much more convenient. And yeah. I'm usually finding that I want 
in for my own self-interest, I want to air up other people faster too. Like we all want to get on the trail, we want to get back on the road. And it's really nice to have a really powerful compressor. You can move from vehicle to vehicle and it just plain works really well. Yeah. So I'm going to spend the money and make the investment from the start. And I know that I'm going to have it long after the Raptor because ARB makes really good stuff. Yeah. The one thing I have learned and I haven't done it on mine yet is you do they, these things have air filters on them and you have to check them to make sure they're clean because yep. just like anything else, uh, like your car, you know, they, they can get dirty, especially when they're out and about and you're sitting them under the hood and there's the dirt and so. Yeah, yeah, the ones in the suitcases you probably never have to worry about. The ones in the hood you will have to check the air filters on. But I mean, it's just it's it's basic maintenance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's a quick thing to check too. Just pops yeah. off and you can look at it. Um, the Smitty built one is really popular, but it uses obnoxiously uses a proprietary hose system, and so like you have to swap out the ends to get regular gauges on it and stuff. I don't know why they did that. I mean, maybe somebody from Apple worked over there and was a jerk. I don't know, but <laughs> I want to say this too because I did it twice this weekend. When you're running these compressors. Things get hot, especially Real the hoses. Hot. Yeah, they'll burn and you. The fittings and that they'll burn you. So just watch it. It's nothing that can be, you know, it's friction. There's basically friction from the air when when it's going, and so yeah, just it, know that. Yeah, because really hot. Really hot. So yeah, yeah, like melt the hose hot. So yep. between vehicles, you got to take a break if you're using a, a small compressor for a large vehicle. Yep. But um, yeah, that said, there's plenty of options out there ranging from like 150 to a thousand bucks, and everywhere in between compressed air systems. But end of the day. Bring a compressor, any compressor to just bring a compressor. You're going to need it at some point. Sure. Let's take our first break. We come right back. We'll finish off this list. We'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, the next thing, it's funny because uh, Dan and I were talking about this off the break. A lot of times, I get a lot of my ideas from Dan. <laughs> and we were, I was talking about the next thing. We're talking about recovery tracks. And... Everybody knows the two main ones out there is basically Max Tracks. Everybody loves Max Tracks. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're really good. They're great. All the Max Tracks are great. Um, and ARB is one of the best off-road companies out there. And I mean, mm-hmm. and they both of them actually, ironically, have come out of Australia where they do some massive stuff. And yeah. I bought ARB Tread Pros. Uh, boy, it's been almost two years ago, year and a half, mm-hmm. two years ago. And I did a ton of research. And as you, if you know, if you've looked into these, Max Tracks are expensive. Yeah, and and you can burn through Max Tracks is just like you can burn through ARB uh, Tread Pro, and the fact of like when you're trying to get a car out and the wheels are spinning, those teeth are only so strong. Yeah. Now Max Track and ARB are now making replaceable uh, treads, but um, when I went out there and I did a, t- I, I went to I went to Mule and I talked to them. I looked at all the research online, and this is this is a this is a Cougars versus Husky thing. There are people that really love the Max Tracks and hate ARB. I went with ARB because they were a little bit bigger. They had a little bit more vicious teeth, and I think the compound was a little bit better. I love them. I absolutely yeah. love them. The one benefit over Max Track, or one, the one benefit Max Tracks is Max Tracks now has two sizes. You can get miniature ones, and I, ARB doesn't have those yet. I like the bigger ones. Yeah. I think they dig better. I think they're a little bit more weight to them. Ironically, the mounting systems for both of them will fit on, on either. You can you can get Max Max Track pins, which I had, which, by the way, if anybody needs any Max Track pins, I have some. Um, okay. No, I'll take them. Okay, yes. <laughs> never, never mind. Dan, they're in the garage, by the way. Oh, perfect. There we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll have to go real far okay, for them. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> So basically, the, the pins will work. The MaxTrack pins will work on ARB, and ARB stuff will work on MaxTracks. The holes are the same. The mounting systems are really simple. They're lockable. You can put them inside of a truck. You can put them on top of a truck. I've had the, 
And the systems are, are really universal in the fact that like you can, I don't suggest it. You can like, they can zip, you can zip tie into things and they will stay there. Oh yeah. So safety yeah. wise, it's a little tough because you can end up losing them, but they're really great tra- they're tracks and ARB put a ton of, of time and effort into them and they really, really work. They've gotten us out of some really deep, Literally deep holes. Yes. Yeah. And you can bridge with them too over small areas. Like they're strong enough to bridge even a full-size vehicle. I don't recommend it, but it'll do it. And a lot of times when you buy them, uh, and I don't know, a lot of times like right now, they will give you free uh, straps for them. And everybody looks at them and goes, ah, you don't need them. Put them on. (laughs) Because those boards can disappear. You you don't know how they do because they're bright colors, but they can disappear. And it's good to have the straps. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little more about those because there's, this is such a hot topic online because people are like, Oh, don't buy the cheap ones ever. Like they suck and they don't do anything. Okay. There is actually a really good case for having cheap ones. Uh, I I've had some cheap ones forever. They're still live with the Land Cruiser. I gave them to Davis and he bought the Land Cruiser. And one of the biggest advantages, okay, they're better than nothing period. And Mm-hmm. Yes, they wear down way faster. No, they're not nearly as strong. Yes, they're more bo- prone to breaking. But you know what they're really great for? Getting somebody out who's never used tracks before and is going to spin on them and ruin your tracks. <laughs> and so this happens every single time. When we come across a car, which if you, the more off-roading you do, the more you will realize that you will be recovering more people than yourself very quickly. Very quickly around here because people are don't come prepared. Yeah, I don't think we've actually saved ourselves a w- this year yet we've no. saved a ton of other people yeah you're welcome no yeah <laughs> no. this last week was the first time we actually got stuck and not yeah. for lack of trying any other time we just have been really lucky lately oh that's right you did get stuck this week. yeah just a hair we, we I kept just, pulling we, we, i kept thinking we were stuck and then the raptor would just pull us out but yeah, yeah. so yeah usually does but i got a little bit stuck this weekend not real bad quick pull and i was out but um with the tracks uh i, t- I had the guy we were helping in that chevy this weekend i had to tell him i was like all right and I just stop him. I was like, do not spin. I was like, go slow. If you spin a little bit, stop. It's like, and just give it a little bit of momentum at a time. Don't spin on tracks. It's the worst mistake everybody makes. It doesn't do any good. It just heats up your tires, <laughs> ruins the tracks, and doesn't get you unstuck. You just got to reposition them, dig a little more, and then slowly work your way out. They work really well when you use them how they're intended. But, man, I had that those cheap ones I had. I had the, the cheapest ones that you could get on Amazon at the time. And I remember we were when we were pulling those kids out, those stoners we found in the suburban, there was a bunch of Jeeps that got stuck too. And one of those Jeeps got really stuck, like sideways on its side in a ditch up to the frame. And I put the tracks under there and it kicked it back so hard, it folded in half half, underneath the thing. And it didn't break it actually. It still works. We still have the same track. It broke the side of it, but didn't break the track. And I was like, man, thank God I didn't have a $300 set of ARP tread pros under there. I mean, they probably, if you had a Mac tracker ARP, they wouldn't have bent, but it's still... Yeah, it's, it's actually probably good that it failed like that because yeah. and they're still usable. Like I said, it's just I mean, but you will burn through them very quickly. Yeah, and you, and it, you don't understand how it really happens that you could burn through those until you do it, and then you hear a tire going. Yeah, you're like, oh no, yeah, don't yeah. do that. So. Yeah, so I mean, if you can't afford a three hundred dollar ARB Tread Pro, uh, or I think the Max Tracks are the same price, honestly. Yes, you do Max get Max Tracks are more expensive. Yeah, I think they are yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, the Pros are like five hundred bucks, I think. Yeah, so you do get what you pay for. They the expensive ones do work better. They are belt belt better. They mount better. But cheap ones are better than having none at all. And so if that's all you can afford, I'm not going to knock it. The cheap ones have saved my, my butt many times, and they will for you too if you use them correctly. They will not do it as efficiently. <laughs> it will not work. They will not last as long, and they, you will eat the tread off of them. But if you've only got a little bit of money and you need uh, traction boards. I'm not going to knock you for buying it. I'm tired of people knocking people for buying the cheap stuff because maybe, you know what, not all of us are in the same situation. Talk about an upsell, too, that the ARB Tread Pro pins that you, they sell you to mount it. 
they're tall enough for two two, two sets of boards, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I could get another set of boards on there, right? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I know. So, and with a big sale. vehicle, four four boards is really ideal. Yeah, it would. So. It is. It really is, especially like with open diffs and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one, uh, which I got a lot of crap for on Avance, I kind of laughed. So I have a toe strap. A toe strap is not a recovery strap. A toe strap is for towing. <laughs> oh, it's in the name. I get it. Yeah, right? You know, yeah. it's it's you, it's confusing, but yeah. it's called a toe strap because you tow things with yeah. it well, versus yank them out of a ditch. A yank instead. Of a yank strap, so in, yeah. there are uh, recovery straps, which are there's kinetic ones, which we swear by is the only way to go, and then you have solid ones, like are just made for uh, like a yank pull on something really heavy. Don't they recommend. Look, they look that. like a deflated fire hose, really. Yeah, they're yeah. just a flat piece of nylon, like yeah. a big giant seatbelt. And the reason I carry one is because I have had to tow vehicles out that have broken a lot of stuff over the years, and especially when you're towing somebody uphill. You want that tension. If you've got a kinetic strap, you're basically bouncing them up and down the hill with you, and it'll do it in a pinch if that's all you got. Get the kinetic strap over the toe strap. But toe straps are cheap. You can get a toe strap from anywhere. And so using it as it's designed, you don't need to spend... I think I spent like 30 bucks on this one I bought six or seven years ago, and it has never failed me, and I've it's never been a problem because I've always used it as a toe strap. Yeah. I would imagine yanking things with it might cause some threads. I don't know. People freak out and think I'm going to kill everybody with that, but it's a toe strap. Well, also, and this is something on inside of it, when you're towing somebody out or when you're pulling somebody, it's tough to, it, it happens. Make sure people don't run over the ropes because that yeah. that's how you will wear ro- ropes down. It's, it's amazing. But with toe straps or the kinetic straps, try not to. It happens. It's, yeah. But don't have a just, spotter. Yeah. That usually helps. If there's only two of you, you do what you yeah. can do and you're talking to each other. But uh, yeah, have a yeah. spotter helps. Uh, next one, same thing. I've got a generic tree strap. Um, so I've got an eight foot generic Amazon TGL, whatever import brand. This is just something that's built to, to save the bark on a tree when you have yeah. to use it as a pulling point. It's, I mean, you could use a toe strap for this. You could, you know. Yeah, loop it around the tree five yeah. times, you got a tree saver. Um, yeah. The, the ARB ones are nice. They come in a little pack. They've got nice neoprene ends. They're really pretty. They're, I mean, they're cool. But, I mean, again, one of those things, like, unless you're search and rescue or this is what you do 100% of the time, off-roading is your life, then, yeah, it's probably worth it to you to get the master pull or the ARB or some really pro-level gear. But, honestly, for most of us, I have seen these generic ones out for years, and I have never in my entire life seen a generic tree strap fail. I'm sure it's happened. I'm not saying it hasn't. The tree will fail before this. Yeah, fail. exactly. So, I mean, just take care of your gear, and if it starts to fray, get rid of it. I think I spent 15 bucks on it. Like, And, and again, this you have to... But the best thing you need to do is sit down and budget this out. Because I will tell you that ARB, I know for a fact, has kits pre-built that yeah. you can get. And Mule can get them for you, but or you can get them off the website. But we'll come with things. You'll get a couple of D-rings. You'll get a tree saver. Next one, D-rings. We talked about them before on the show. Uh, there is a difference between D-rings. And you do get what you pay for in these. The biggest difference is good D-rings don't rust like crazy. And also, there are a ton of crappy D-rings on yes. Amazon. And really, they're, they're required to tell you if they're not, that they're for show. It's just like the tow hooks you can yes. buy on Amazon. Some of them are just for show. You really need to watch they this. They shouldn't exist. They shouldn't. They really shouldn't. But you can buy bad D-rings. Yeah, and so. name brand D-rings are cheap. I got some generic ones that were highly rated and have like a 50,000-pound 7.8 rating on them. Like, they're massive overkill. They've been fine. I've used them on the... Uh, Land Cruiser, I've used them on the Raptor, I've used them on a bunch of stuff. They work great. They're, I think I paid 20 bucks a set. Um, good D-rings are like 25 bucks a set. Like, the really good ones. So, and you, if you, unless you lose one, you never really replace these, because if you broke a D-ring, you probably ripped the entire front end or back end of the vehicle off at the same time. So. <laughs> you can get, get bad D-rings. <laughs> 
I pause just so you can cut that out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm leaving that in. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but get some D-rings. Um, like I said, if you, uh, if you look at a lot of aftermarket bumpers, especially with Jeeps, uh, you'll notice that they are threaded for D-rings, not soft shackles. And so they have sharper edges. They're really wide. Uh, they're really strong. They're great if you have a spot for them. If you don't, get the soft shackles. If you're going to, if you're, Really watching your budget and deciding between both, get the soft shackles. That's a good point, though, about soft shackles and the fact that a lot of these recovery points have some sharp edges, which can damage them. So, yeah, a lot yeah, of the good, almost all the new soft shackles have a nylon sleeve around them to protect them from that. Like, all of mine have, like, this that you, like, if you got a sharp part, put this nylon sleeve on, it'll protect it. So, yeah, look for that, but get a good set of D-rings. Um, even, I think, the basics, mini-built ones, which have a lifetime warranty from uh, four-wheel parts are, like, 16 to 20 bucks. Yeah. And then if you want some really nice ARB ones, which have like nylon collars and stuff to really protect your synthetic rope, if you've got that, those are like 25 or 30 or something. So these aren't a big ticket item, but it totally must have. And again, don't forget, you get a discount at Mule. Mule, 10% so, yeah. for Avance members. Yep. yep. Uh, also, Auburn Off-Road is a partner down there. Um, H- right. HKP Customs does off-road recovery gear. Yep. Like we have a lot of Avance partners you guys can go with and get a discount on all this stuff if you can find it in stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. The hitch receiver recovery block. So. You have to have a hitch to use this. Yes. <laughs> if that wasn't clear from the description. Uh, yeah. If you have a rear trailer hitch, you can get a block, which I recommend getting the aluminum one so it doesn't rust in there. And you can leave it in with a pin and it adds a D-ring right to the back of the dead center of the rear bumper. Makes it super easy to strap on accessories. Easy comes, it comes on and off real easy. It does extend the length of your truck or your SUV. So remember that. When yeah. So your attack angle yeah, changes yeah. a little bit. I mean, which if you have a, can easily back into people's bumpers with it. Hasn't yeah. happened, but I'm just saying. I have been rear-ended with one on, though. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell. I didn't. Uh, yeah, the I got rear you It hit you, you could. Yeah, I had yeah. a little S10. An old S10 hit me in Kirkland in the Land Cruiser one time. I was going to say, yeah. I, was, you were, I, thought you, I thought you said you had an S10. I was like, you got hit in the Land Cruiser. Yeah, I hit that. the Land Cruiser yeah. with an S10. I had it on the back still from the weekend yep. before, and it just destroyed his truck. I couldn't even tell he hit me in the Land Cruiser, and it just went right through the radiator into the hood, just Poor destroyed dude. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. He was on his phone. Probably, <laughs> probably He probably just got his car back, and he, the other one he had had, you know, stops. And I never yeah. Really <laughs> Automatic yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, that had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but these things run a uh, good aluminum one. Mule makes their own uh, from aluminum. It's 50 bucks plus a D-ring you have to buy, or you can get a kit. I did a Made in USA Agency 6 uh, red one. I got it for 60 bucks on Amazon um, just because Mule didn't have them at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, Mule, everybody's got them. But get the aluminum ones. They're rated for like 50,000 pounds. So, I mean, you're ripping that thing off. Again, you're ripping the rear end of your vehicle off. So yeah. more than strong enough. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, um, we suggested an, uh, is, is some type of cutting tool. Dan suggests an axe, but it's ironic because neither one of us have an axe. We both have DeWalt saws. Oh, I have the axe. Oh, do you have an yeah, axe, Yeah, it's too? in okay. the back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. You do. I was, yeah, because we almost cut your yes, the sheath's broken. That. Yes. Oh, yes, right. I do. I forget about that. But um, some type of good cutting tool is important. An axe. Yep. Um, there's a lot of really cool tools out there that are like half axe, half shovel, things like that you can get. Like I said, um, I went. I looked for an axe for a long time and ended up like going with a DeWalt. Um, how long is yours? 12 inches. No, mine's like eight inches, uh, eight inch uh, electric <laughs> saw, um, which works really well. Um, but it's good to have an ax. It, it, and it's also good if you just get st- a strict ax to have something with the, the blunt edge on the end, end of it, if you need to be 
hitting something, be it a, you yeah. know, ice so, or... Yeah, splitting axe uh, versus a chopping axe. Yeah, you. so a chopping axe is usually a little uh, broader, and you can has a hammer end on it. It's made for splitting wood. And it comes chop- with a flannel shirt. Yeah, so the chopping axe still has Bounty that blunt end. Towels. doesn't work as well. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if you're looking, if you're going to carry one, get a splitting axe. Uh, it's a little more useful. We carry multiple tools, so it's like I have an axe, a saw, plus an electric chainsaw. Um, like I said, not essential for off-roading, but it can make the difference between ending your day in 10 minutes or ending your day in 10 hours. If you get a tree stuck at the end of the trail and you're like, oh man, if I just had to get that out of the way, it'd be on our way. No big deal, right? Well, we've done this before lots of times. We've actually had to clear off Tin Cam. We've cleared trees off there. Do you remember that time we were driving down Tin Cam and that, that truck, there was a huge log across the road and we stopped and all these Jeeps went around us and just drove over it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and I will say this as far as I ask, like Dan and I both have DeWalt, the new DeWalt 12-volt uh, chainsaws yeah i have and a 60 they, volt flex yeah. sorry 60 you got the 60 volt but i am i is mine 12 volt or 20 volt it's got the bigger battery it's a 20 volt i think I don't they know. really are nice tools yeah they work they work um there's you don't have to worry about priming them carrying gas like it was <laughs> yeah and an elevation i mean I, I have two batteries and the charger in the truck which will i mean i've never gone through a battery i haven't used it that long yet but even using it last weekend which we used it quite a bit just to trim the trail off it still didn't even use a bar of the battery like they don't they don't use a lot of battery life, and man, they cut. They really work. It's yeah. a, it's a new era. You don't need a gas chainsaw anymore. I mean, if you're, you know, a lumberjack or something, you're gonna want to go with the big one. But this is for clearing a trail. I mean, anything we're gonna come across, this will do the job. I'm not gonna try and clear a four foot wide tree off a trail. I mean, you could do it actually with your twelve inch. Yeah, it would take some time. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, you could. But it's 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 another option, and and the fact you know you're gonna be able to get an axe for probably. 30 to 60 bucks. I mean, yeah. you, if you want to buy a really nice axe, you yeah, can. Yeah, you can spend a lot of money. But, but. Um, this is this is something. And and especially right now with Black Friday styles, I know you get the, the saws alone without the batteries. Really cheap. Yeah, I got so. I got mine because I already had a 60-volt flex battery for my... Uh, Just had to get the 12-inch. My blo- eight, uh, 16. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I have the 12-inch. You, you have the 12-inch. I have the 16. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Size matters. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can get, you can get. I got the tool for 200 bucks, and I already had the battery. The battery is usually what's expensive, but even those are on sale right now. So yeah. if you go to you Black Friday shoppers when you're hearing this, go find that. Um, also, when you're buying these batteries, be it DeWalt, be it whatever, check it, because a lot of times they seem really expensive because they're two packs. Yeah. So And you can find, you can find single batteries right now. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, next one is the shovel. You're going to get stuck. Um, Grab the shovel out of your garage, first of all. Yeah. Just start with that. Having any shovel is better than no shovel. Um, yeah. there, there's the most famous one in off-road, I think, is called the beaver. And it, oh, yeah, it is awesome. the most vicious-looking. It, it's like you teeth that, on you it. You do and... not want to take the sheath off this thing. <laughs> like <laughs> Unless you're going to use it, yeah. yeah. And you could puncture a tire if you're not yes, being careful. Yes, you could. Um, but there are a ton of shovels out there, especially. And I think this one, the, the alpha that you suggest is the breakdown one, right? Yeah, the Demos alpha. Yeah. I got that uh, from a friend. Uh, thanks, Todd. Uh, yeah. Works. It's really good. It's specifically for snow. It'll do for heavy mud too. But I mean, it's built tough. But it's it's a really great snow shovel. It's meant to move a lot of a lot of snow real quick, and it breaks down really small, so it fits easily under the seat in the F one fifty actually. And I think those things they have too. Like that company makes a oh they mounting, make a bunch it, of them. It makes yeah. a mounting plate where you can mount it to anything. Yep. So yeah. Really so, nice. Uh, but any shovel, like he said, they don't be. A, it's kind of it's. I I always find it funny how many like gear snobs there are like. There's guys that are like, check out my new shovel, like they just got, you know, some work done. Yeah, <laughs> you understand how nice it is. I will say this: I bought a shovel, which actually, I left it somewhere so it would get stolen, um, from <laughs> Lowe's, and I bought a cheap shovel, and I had it on the shovel th- on the outside of the rack for like two weeks, and it rusted so oh, bad. Oh yeah. So like, it's no, you take care of your stuff. Like I said, I didn't, you know. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, it's, but any yeah. shovels better. You know, like, like he said, grab the one out of your garage if you don't have one. Just yeah. bring it with you because when you get stuck, it'll be night. It'll save you. Yeah. Uh, the next one, actually, this is this one is probably the most important on this list because nobody should ever not have one of these in their car, and that's a first aid kit. Um, <laughs> just the basics, like the yeah, new to that new to that new saw you got. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that this weekend. You and I were using your saw and I was realizing that we were doing a lot of things you should not do saw. Like <laughs> right. I caught myself cutting towards myself. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not the way to do that. So yeah. yeah. But uh yeah it's it's important. I mean it just has a basic first aid kit. There are some really nice first aid kits out there on the market that are not cheap. I mean they're worth what you get. They're very compact. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the minute you open them you can never get them closed again. True. But um it's 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 nice to have um every car should have it. Yeah, just Speaking a basic that, one. Um, I don't have one in the Subaru, so I need to get one. <laughs> I, I used it. Like, I, it, Oh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah it, you know, I was so. like, wait a minute. I know you have one in there. No, I, I used to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's I have a little stuff. basic one I throw back in there with Band-Aids, you know, Sporin. Exactly. Oh, you yep. have a bird on your head. I know. We're recording from home. Yep. <laughs> He's nice fine up there. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I know I'm going to get pooped on. It's fine. No, I did it over there. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> well, that's good. Um. The next thing is something that you can basically, uh, you can do yourself. And it, like I said, there's a lot of kits out there that you can get. You can get a kit at Costco. It's a toolkit, a basic toolkit. Yeah. Costco is really good. They have, they've had some DeWalt ones. I have this silver one that I've had for years. That it's, It comes with basic sockets, a couple of screwdrivers, some different bits, some Allen wrenches, things like that. Um, you can build your own. And, and you can really have fun with it. And the fact that, you know, go to Home Depot, pick, pick, find, a, find one of those classic toolboxes. They're $9. I looked at them today. Yep. I'm going to get one. Because I'm gonna, I have, I have a, the, really the black chrome DeWalt one. Mm-hmm. But it's really heavy. And it has 47,000 different sockets in it, which is great. But don't fit your car. Yeah. yeah. Don't fit my car right now. Yeah. So I've been kind of building my own in the fact of like, you know, I will tell you this. The, fir- the, th- the first thing in there, and this is, is, this is on Dan's list, is, is you want to have a good care, pair of, of uh, they're called dykes. Yeah. And the reason you want to have them is because you want to have a ton of zip ties with you because zip ties really can save you. You you believe that I've seen zip ties, zip tie suspension in just to get you down the mountain. Yeah. You can, um, you can, I've seen guys do that with uh, everything you can think of. They'll get, you get the really, really heavy duty zip ties, like the the monster ones. And then you, you know, if you break a strut and they will literally tie up like a hundred zip ties just and just go slowly down the trail. It'll hold everything back just in place long enough to get to the bottom. Zip ties, a good socket set, uh, a good socket, uh, a good extension for your socket. Yep. I mean, you Some find wrenches. A, good, a good wrenches, a couple of wrenches, definitely a longer, a longer flathead, a longer, a longer uh, Phillips, and a diff- couple different sizes in there. Definitely take some tape. Duct tape is, will save you. It's yep. amazing the things you can do. Trying to think what else is in in a lot of my kits. I was gonna say pro tip that I pro learned tip. over the years is that when you're looking for what to include in your toolkit, the first thing you want to do is look at your known points of failure in off roading, and that is usually okay. How do I get my skid plates off? How do I how do I adjust or uh, take off my suspension if I need to do that? What do I need to drop uh, my rear differential cover? Things like that. Anything you need to get your car apart. And it's usually only like three or four or five sockets for the whole thing. It's usually like a 10, a 12, a 13, a 15, a 17, a 19, and then maybe a 21 or 22 for your lug nuts. Literally park your car in the garage, take out your set, and just start figuring out what the sizes you use the most and throw them in a, t- a kit. Yep. In the, uh, in the Land Cruiser, I had those giant drawers, and I could actually fit my entire DeWalt kit, which is like 250 pieces in the back, and that thing weighed so much I didn't really care, so I just put the whole thing in the back. Yeah. But now it's like I don't, just, I just don't want to take the space anymore, so I just have a small uh, tool roll plus a bunch of sockets and, like you said, extensions. It's, you build your own kit. It's fun. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. It's a, it's a fun thing. Um, 
The one thing that I don't know if you put it on your list or not, it, but it's something you can look into is is check out what the the jack that came with your car. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people take jacks and and you know like rolling jacks and things like that in, into the in with them because you know you're jacked up. But a lot of people use the um, what are they call high lift jacks. Yeah, high lift jacks. Um, I know your favorite thing is the exhaust jacks. Yeah, I was gonna say the reason I didn't put the high lift in there is because until you've had practice with using one and you know how to use one, they can be extremely dangerous. Um, they're they were made for farm equipment, and so you have to get a base plate in snow. You have to have a really wide and heavy base plate, which a lot of tracks do. Yes, you can use I was going to say the Tread that. Pros have them built yeah, in. Yeah, the Tread Pros have yeah. it built in, so you can use a high lift jack. But um, an ARB has created a new and improved high lift jack of their own, which is expensive. But if you've ever seen a high lift jack fail, you'll understand why. And then the other option for snow and sand is an exhaust jack, where you literally plug it into your exhaust, and it has a one-way valve, like a, like blowing into a, like a raft, and then it just keeps lifting the vehicle up. And it's got a footprint of like three and a half feet, so it's huge. And it just slowly lifts the whole thing out of it. It doesn't takes a while, but if if you need to jack up and you're in really heavy snow, it's probably the best option out there. And depending on if you have a Subaru or a Jeep or whatever, you know they come with they 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 do come with a jack. But a lot of times there are companies out there like I ordered one for the Subaru, and it's an extension that goes on my scissor jack. Yeah. Because my car is lifted, and it will and it gives me an extra four or five inches on top of my mm-hmm. scissor jack, which locks it in. So you just need to make sure that you can you know if you had to get a tire off or you had to repair sus- suspension or something like that. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the next one, just uh, as always, always bring some water and some basic food. I highly recommend just throwing a pack of protein bars in your car and forgetting about it because they're so calorie dense. And this is you, stuff you leave in your car year round. Yeah, year round. Yeah, yeah. but uh, protein bars are really, really good in an emergency in an emergency situation where you would need food for an extended period of time, especially if you're stuck up in the snow because you went up there alone with bald tires and your forerunner while hunting. I mean, throw, throw in some little Hershey bars, but make sure you clean up the wrappers. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, don't let the <laughs> The chocolate milk. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, protein bars and water, I think almost a necessity. Just the, the worst. I've seen people need them more often than not. And you'll be, you'll be like, oh, I'll never need those. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Jerky's good too. Again, this is this, and we're going to go a little bit farther, but this is the basic list that we have right yep. now. And you don't need all of this. Look at, look at where you want to go. And, and, you know, go with friends and always go with friends, you know, make I sure think that first in a part group, of this is in a group, be, yeah. make sure everybody in the group, there's one set of this in there. Maybe if one guy's got the tools, one guy's got the recovery tracks. I mean, you know, yeah, as a group, prepared. You, yeah, as a group, you can yeah. do this pretty, it's, save yourself some money. As long as everybody's got this as a group, start a WhatsApp chat, fig, do a little inventory before the thing. Good to go. Yeah. Um, the last thing I had on here is if you're doing snow wheeling, bring a warm, uh, a warm blanket or better, a packable sleeping bag. One of those little tiny ones that packs up that'll it's good down to like negative 20 or something inside your car. You're going to have some insulation so you can put that thing around you while you're in your car and stay, stay warm for the night. And there are things like we, we, we make this joke about people staying up in the mountains. We, we talked about that. Like, I mean, things that I have on my car that, that uh, isn't on this list are rotopacks, rotopacks. Yeah. I have, I have fuel, I have fuel cans. Um, I actually, I've had them and, and I, and I filmed them once, you know, because I was going to go, we were going to go do something. I knew we were going to be up there. I've never actually had to use them to put fuel in my car. But if you know, you're going to go up somewhere, I mean, hunting, whatever, whatever, fill them, get them, put them in the car, you mount them in the car. Cause you never know if you get stuck and you need fuel in the car to keep yourself alive or keep it running. That's a good thing to have. <laughs> and then when you get back down and you're safe, yeah. fill your car with them because yep. you don't want to leave that gas in there. Yes. Use them after you do. Yeah, them. use them immediately afterwards and uh, then fill it next time. Another one that I you have heard me talk about 800 times, and I think I I think I sold about four of them last weekend, was my Morflate. And Morflate is basically, it's a, look it up. It's M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E. It's a little guy. <laughs> I think he's out of California. 
And in California, Oregon, I think. Oregon, I think. I think he's just the first person to kind of, you know, um, make something else. It's basically an air inflation, deflation and inflation system that you can do it all from one valve. And, you you know, it's so cool. Um, just click one onto each tire, go to the central point, and then open up the valve and air them all down, or plug in your air compressor and air them all up. And because it's connected all at the same time, they all self-regulate. All that pressure goes around. So if you had one tire you needed to fill and you didn't have a compressor, you could technically just fill one tire by regu- by evening out the pressure from all the other tires. Um, but he uses really high-quality parts. He's using Flexzilla hoses. He's using brass fittings, so no rusting. He's using really good Teflon tape. And he stands by it. We had one bad gauge, immediately sent us a new one. So No questions asked. And I, I will say this. like, Be prepared when you get it. <laughs> To use it everywhere because I've used it in my garage. Every time, every time we use it, somebody's stopping, going, "What is that? Can I help? Can you help me?" And we're airing up other people. It makes it really simple. Yep. You don't have to. You don't have to remove every valve. It it takes a little bit of time, especially with my car. Like I said, it, with the single the single screw uh, air compressor. If you put if you use the the double screw, you'll, you'll air up in no time. Yeah. So. That works awesome. So yeah. yeah, that's almost a necessity at this point. Like now, after you have it, you're like, "How did I live without it?" It's that good. Get that, so. or go get the ARB um, valve stem. Yeah, puller. the valve stem tool is super quick for deflating. Yeah. Uh, I actually really love that thing. Now it's just going to be a secondary thing, just in case. But uh, and another thing that I have in my in my uh, ARB uh, air air kit and my Morflate is I have a very traditional fifty five cent air. Um, yeah. Air, air gauge. Air gauge. The simple thing, you know, just the plastic thing, you know, they break, but it's always nice to have a backup. Yeah. So, yeah. If yeah. you ever damage your gauge or the batteries go dead, you have an analog gauge. That works. So well, I bought like four of them. I've killed three of them already. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing, so this is more in the optional stuff um, that I, everybody should have. I have 13 of these because <laughs> I bought them in bulk for rallies, but uh, handheld radios. And there are differences between the cheap ones. Once you get into like the five, $600 Motorola's, they are way nicer, way nicer, but they are five, $600. And I bought 13 Baofeng BF F8 HPs for less than that. <laughs> so I mean, go, they don't work great. If you have to just go to the toy section and get toy walkie talkies, because if you're going to be close to each other, it will work. Yeah. Like, you're not going the, five miles from yeah. your next rig most of the time. Most of the time you're like, you know, a few car lengths back because you're all, you know, daisy chained together, basically. Dan has the really nice radios because we use them on the rallies, and there's a time that we're, the, the lead car and the end car are miles apart sometimes, so yeah. it works really well. Yeah, we, yeah. we have extended antenna options, although I recommend in a, sh- a short group run the smaller antennas. You get less interference. This is just... You won't get whipped in the face either. Yeah, yeah. they're a lot easier to manage inside the truck, too. Um, this is one of those things I'm planning on uh, hardwiring a radio into the truck and making it a really clean install. Our friends at HKP are going to help me with that. But uh, we're going full eastbound and down. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Texarkana. But, <laughs> but the Baofengs are, I think they list for 60 bucks. You get a pretty significant discount uh, buying in bulk. Like I said, I, I bought 13 for the rallies and we use them constantly. I have a bag that I stack them all in and it's like some, and sometimes even two per vehicle because you'll have a spotter and you want the driver and the passenger to be able to talk. But I just, I have numbers on them. I just sign them to people. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. And if your passenger gets out with a radio and is trying to lead you and doesn't realize that the driver has, doesn't have a radio, <laughs> what guy did this weekend. And I'm talking to Dan, I'm going, go left, go left. And he's just keeping going back. And I'm like, why are you not listening to me? He's like, I don't have a radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I handed so, out yeah. all the radios. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why you're not listening. Yeah. Yep. Um, then I have a recommendation for a handsaw. Uh, you can get cheap handsaws, but if you really want one that works really well, there's a, a well-known one called the Silky Big Boy. It's made in Japan. That's the name. I don't know, but it works. I mean, like, sure you don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. It's a it's a giant foldable handsaw, and it works like five times as fast as anything else out there. And it doesn't flex as much. Lifetime warranty, top quality steel, never rusts. 
everybody knows it is in the off-road stuff. You want the Silky Big Boy. The, uh, this whole list and clickable links is, is on the Avance off-road chat, but it will be in the... In yeah, it'll the, be in the episode notes. It'll if be episode notes. Don't worry. You this, if you're listening yeah. to this, like you'll see it in the description of the episode too. Yeah. But we already have this list created. You can just click right through it. Again, none of these are paid links. We just think they're good stuff that we, we use and we think you would like. Also, I'm going to skip a couple of things here, but because it's something that we, we I keep... <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where I know where you're going. Gloves, <laughs> gloves, gloves. And even if you have gloves, don't forget to put them on. Yeah. Uh, gloves and socks are important. Uh, I, we Dan and I joke because I get out of the truck all the time and I'm like, I'm cold. And Dan's like, there's gloves in the back. Like, I know. I just keep forgetting. Three sets. Yep. <laughs> I have like so. a warm pair, a waterproof pair, then like a polar pair for like when it's really freezing. I When, when I'm going for anywhere, especially in winter, I take another outfit. And basically, I have another pair yep. of jeans. I've got another jacket. I've got another t-shirt. I've got another pair of, you know, because even with the best Gore-Tex out there, you're going to get wet, you know. And Snow on top of your boots. Yeah. I mean, like the search and rescue guys have it right. They use like the one-piece snowsuits when yeah. they're out there. And that's really cool. But I mean, uh, for most of us, we're just kind of going out for a casual day out there. Yeah. yeah. But an extra pair of socks, that's the difference between frostbite and gloves. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. And then I use, um, you know, honestly, I, all my stuff's Eddie Bauer because it's on sale all the time. But it works really well, too. Like I have a generic rain jacket they have, and it's bright orange. And it's obnoxiously bright orange. But you know what? If I'm giving directions on a trail, I'm really easy to see. <laughs> Two things I'm going to talk, talk about here quickly. Go to Costco. Pick up a 12-pack of the Puma socks and just oh, throw them awesome. back in the car. Yep. It's real easy. Yeah, I have a pair of socks that never even opened in the back there. And I want to talk briefly because I want to plug this on rain jackets. I absolutely became a, a, a lifetime uh, fan of Patagonia this week. Oh, yeah. I took a jacket in there that's two years old that was that was starting to come apart. Without any questions asked, they looked at the jacket, and they gave me a brand-new jacket that's this technology this year. And I highly encourage you, if you have anything Patagonia and it's starting to break down, to take it down there because this the, the jacket I took in, was the only reason is the water started coming through it, and, I, and I'm just telling people, I was so impressed with what happened and the fact of, like, there wasn't any questions asked. It's like, yep, that fails. We know that fails. Here's a new jacket. All their stuff. So, yeah, just want to tell you that. So, yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, last one I have on here, Jump. which, yeah, this one has saved me so many times. And that is, well, actually, it hasn't saved me ever. It's saved everybody around me so many yeah. times, all the time, including a Prius once. <laughs> and that is a battery jump starter. It's <laughs> ironic. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, lithium-ion battery jump starter, um, Project Farm on YouTube. Huge fan of that guy. So he does all his own buying, all his own testing, no sponsored videos. He has a great test on all these. There's one called the Gulu. G-O-O-L-O-O, and they have a 2,000 amp and a 4,000 amp. Um, I have the 2,000 amp, and that one alone will start most diesel trucks. The 4,000 will start like a semi. Two things. One, keep it in your car. Two, it's something that you won't use. Make sure it, Before you go out, plug it in the night before. Because yeah. many times, like I've done it in the Triumph. I've got one in the Triumph, and it sits in there so long that it, it just it dies. It's not that it's not that's fault. I mean, it, no, it you'll sit there for like a year. Yeah, it yeah. sits there for a year. It's just put it on your checklist of things to check before you go. Mm-hmm. Just say, make sure you charge it up. Like I, before I go out, I know I got to charge all my batteries for my saw. I got to all this. It's just it's one simple thing because I've so many times pulled that jump pack out for the Triumph and gone, it's dead. Like I have it, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't care for it. So yeah, the newer ones typically will hold a charge much much longer. This one is from a large box retailer that is based in Issaquah. That. I do not recommend that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The last thing we already covered, and that's the the the. Electric chainsaws, yeah. they just, those things work awesome. So and you don't, you don't have to worry about elevation with, because it's not uh, fuel. You don't have to worry about the, most of the, the most of them are still carbureted and elevation kills them. They're pain in the butt to start when it's 30 degrees and you're 9,000 feet higher than where you were. Yeah. So. It's a good workout. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so mean, th- again, guys, this is our basic list. This is stuff that we have tried. You know, there's stuff out there that we have beat the crap out of that has, hasn't lasted. And that's why it's not on the list. This is just stuff that we work with. You know, the Morflate thing I w- literally, I found on YouTube, start the video, did a ton of research on it, ended up being a huge fan of it. Um, as far as the tires go, I get it. You know, some people doesn't like, you know, BF, you know, KO2s use what you think is good. Research the tires, talk to people, talk to people that are in the groups, talk to discount tire, talk to right away tire, tell them what you want to do with the car and they will suggest the right tire. Yep. You know, so um, I think that's about it. Like I said, this will all, all these links, you know, because Dan's a genius like this will be in there. Um, you'll be able to click on them. If you wanted to go on here and just click all these things and get it all. And I mean, yeah, I suggest it. If you ever happen to find an invite where Dan and I are on there, that doesn't mean you don't have to bring your stuff. You still have to bring your stuff. D- knowing that we have it doesn't mean you don't have to bring it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get a lot of pushback when we say like, how can you say that's the bare minimum? This is a lot of stuff. Okay, yep. first of all, if you did all this on a budget, you'd probably be less than 500 bucks mm-hmm. um, minus the tires. The tires are going to be the best cost. And you won't be dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. every single time we go off-roading, winter, summer, fall, spring, doesn't matter what season it is, we have to recover somebody. And usually the only difference between them and us is we have gear. That's it. It's like they have a capable vehicle. They just don't have any recovery gear at all. I've seen people get stuck on gravel roads, literally, Mm -hmm. because they didn't have what they needed to change their tire because they didn't have anything to base the jack off of. I've had to pull people out of ditches that I'm like, really? But yeah, they don't have any traction. They don't have any traction mats. Like all this stuff seems like a lot. Um, Once you pack it all down into your truck, it's not. Um, I still have room for a full truck of people plus all this gear and nothing in the bed. So it packs down really small. And like I said, it's, it's a minimal investment for a lot more fun. And this is the difference between you being, you know, 10 hours of off-roading or 10 hours of digging yourself out and hoping somebody pulls you out. So like those, like those, I mean, talk about those hunters you ran into when they went up there, those conditions weren't like that. And looking at where they were and where they were stuck, if they had this gear, I know they could have gotten themselves out even with their bad tires, because all they really needed was traction boards and, a shovel like really that was it i mean they weren't even stuck that bad from what i saw and even when they got stuck the second time we pulled them out they had just like kind of slowly slid, slid into a small ditch it wasn't like they were like you know way out in the middle of nowhere so i'll say this if you're going to go off-roading you with your friends and you start up a trail and you go oh we're starting to we're starting to fail we're starting we can go a little bit farther just stop there turn around yeah Unless you've got all the gear. If, if, I mean, even with all the gear, like, if, if you don't feel safe, like, I mean, me, like I said, I told you, I was, right. I was an icicle bridge. I had all the gear. I could have done it. I could have gotten myself out. Even doing the 47-point ter- turn to turn myself around, like, it was, it, I was, I was at my point where I could have gone farther and I would have been fine. But it's always good to just sit there and go, you know what? I'm in here. I've enjoyed it. I'll enjoy the drive back out. Yeah. So, well, at the time, we had more fun driving. I'm like, God, we were a long ways in. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, last one. I mean, yeah, it can be done without it. We're not saying you couldn't. Yeah. Maybe you're a really, really skilled driver. We've been with a few of those where I'm like, dang, they didn't need any recovery gear, and their truck was bone stock. But that's they've been doing it for 10 years straight every weekend, and they know, <laughs> they know every trick in the book. You can learn a lot on YouTube, too. Yeah. You really can. True. There's a lot of – and, I mean, Avance, I mean, when the world comes normal again, I think they'll, they'll be doing, like, the – uh, Sarpin will be doing those recovery classes again. Those yep. are a lot of fun to go to. It's, it, you know, it's amazing because there's a whole another side of this where we, we didn't even talk about winches and things like that and snatch blocks. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can be done. Um, a lot of math. Uh, it's <laughs> so funny. Angles. For everybody who tells us this is a lot of gear, there's a search and rescue guy who comes in and goes, this is that's it. not even the bare minimum. Yeah, what is yeah. wrong with you guys? You, you didn't sh- say this, 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 and this. You shouldn't even leave your house without this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. And I'm like, yeah, search and rescue will quickly prove you wrong with all the stories they've had. And Pretty much. Yeah. So. You, you might be lucky, and this might not be a problem for you, but uh, for most people, I would say this is the bare minimum. 
If and if you want to, I mean, Rain City Supercars, you can always message us. Yeah. If somebody, Dan or me, will answer. And if I answer, I'll tell you to wait for Dan to answer. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've tried all this stuff. We really have, and we've been out there. We've broken stuff. We've bent boards in half. We've we've snapped cables. I mean, it's yep. we've been stuck a know. lot. <laughs> and I will. Actually, I want to add something to this that you brought up. If you're going to have a tow rope. Bring a blanket. Oh, Not only yeah. for your keep warm, but if you're pulling somebody out, put the blanket over the rope. Because that way, if, if a steel line breaks or anything like that, it'll, it'll protect you. Yeah, so. I remember old school chains. Mm-hmm. When you didn't have tow ropes, you just had really, really heavy chains connecting vehicle to vehicle. Yep. And so you would just, like, yank on that chain and pull the bumper off or bend it. <laughs> yeah, but that was also the time there was some guy, you know, with, on the top of the truck playing a bass with fire coming out of it. So it's fantastic. Yeah, or yeah, you'd wrap it, it, you didn't have a recovery shackle, so you just wrapped it around the tow ball and hope it didn't fly off back at you. We hope, yeah. yeah see, Break the back window. Yep. 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 I don't there. think people realize that we've done this. Like, we've made the really oh, dumb God, decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I've, du- I've ducked the chain coming back at my Oh, head. yeah, exactly. So. Like... Yeah, I've seen what a crappy ha- chain that missed the size of my head. <laughs> so yeah, but we, you know, again, we're not we're not the, the, the off road experts, but we have experienced this because we've gone up there, and everybody always everybody, everybody always asks me. Even my mom's like, "Oh, did you get stuck?" And it's like, well, most of the time we go up there, we we don't try to get stuck, but getting stuck teaches you a lot. A yeah. lot. <laughs> it will teach you how to pull something out, how uh, angles, things like that. I mean, it's not the, the end of the world is not getting stuck. Yeah, so. and if you don't have all this gear and you want to go, find some friends that'll take you up. Yep, like there's no problem seeing what your truck can do stock. If you've got some friends that'll help you out, it's kind of fun to see how far a stock truck will go on its you know totally stock setup. I mean, it's it can be it can slow things down, but if your group's cool with it, then do it. It's fun. Yeah, and have no agenda. Yeah, <laughs> That's, I'll say that. Yeah, less stress. So yeah, we're gonna go here. We're gonna stop here at this time. It Maybe doesn't work off road. <laughs> yeah, Maybe if we get there. Yeah. We drove a mile. How long did it take you? Four hours. Yep. <laughs> but we had fun. So. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. Um, I know people asked for it, so there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I guess for this episode of RCS, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>